0: Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. We got a real jam going now. Welcome to the What the What podcast. Here's your chance. Do your dance for the Space Jam. All right. I'm Ashley Brame, and joining me today, now that they are done washing their North Carolina basketball shorts that they wear under their uniform after every podcast, Eric Creech and Kyle Whitley. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Out of retirement, mm-hmm. rumor has it he wanted to do a professional baseball career. I did, and then he, you know, wasn't good at that, so he went off and uh, called came. a baby instead. Yeah, called a baby instead, and he's back on the podcast. That's back. right,
0: coming back for three more titles. What?
1: I didn't even
2: have one to begin with. Wait,
0: we had three titles.
2: <laughs> three more. I mean, that's in addition to whatever you guys won while I was away. So that's right. Well, you Ooh. also
1: have the Joe Davis Classic trophy that's right true. behind it's me. behind me in the room. Yes. So. so. It's possible. Yeah, we're so excited to have Kyle back. I'm excited. We're
2: doing this on a Saturday morning. It's really nice. I know. We're all in good moods. We haven't been at work all day. I know. We got the Starbucks with us. us As the
0: basic people call it, Starbies.
1: Who calls it?
2: What?
0: Hated that. What?
2: (laughs) I'll be basic all day
0: (laughs)
1: because I'm loving this. Today I learned I don't like what basic people call Starbucks. Starbies. It's okay. Wow. Okay, well. Alright. Come on, guys. It's game time. Get your hands on. Lace up your Nikes, Grab your Wheaties and your Gatorade. And we'll pick up a Big Mac on the way to the podcast. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is, you get your podcast, and of course, rate and review us. Five Monsters only. I like what you did there. Oh yeah. Please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram by searching for What the What Media all one word. I've missed it. I've missed it so much. So and good. find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. And please share with your friends if you enjoyed know what today's episode or one of the 96 other What the What episodes that we have available in the archives. <laughs> We're on that march to huh. episode 100. Yeah. And on today's episode, we are taking a deep dive into the 1996 Classic movie. Classic.
2: Space Jam. We just busted everyone's eardrums. Yes, we did. That's why I'm talking softly now. Ease them back in. Yeah.
1: This is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Space Jam and you don't know the secret ingredients in Michael's special stuff, then we encourage you to watch this film first. With that being said, let's take our own personal spaceship to Moron Mountain and let's share with you what happened.
0: Oh, okay. Here we go. Cold read. (laughs) In Wilmington, North Carolina... What? What? That's where we are, sort of. In 1973, a young Michael Jordan is shooting basketball late at night and shares his dreams of playing professional basketball with his father and his other dream of playing professional baseball, like his father... An extended title sequence showcases many Michael Jordan highlight reels and plays over the course of the first part of his NBA career, leading to the present time where Michael Jordan retires after winning his third NBA championship. In the wake of the death of his father, Jordan decides to pursue a career in professional baseball.
2: Meanwhile, in outer space, the amusement park Moron Mountain faces decline. Its owner, Mr. Swackhammer, sends his diminutive minions, the Nerd Lux, to Earth to abduct the Looney Tunes in order to develop new attractions. Upon the Nerdluck's arrival, Bugs Bunny and the other Looney Tunes take advantage of the Nerdluck's small nature and challenge them to a game of basketball. Through a documentary of basketball, the Nerdlucks Nerd Nerd learn that sports best players are employed by the NBA and accept the proposal. They infiltrate the various basketball games in the USA, stealing the talents of NBA players Charles Barkley, Sean Bradley, Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson, and Muggsy Bogues. They use the stockpiled talent to transform themselves into the large, muscular, talented Bond stars, easily intimidating the Toons and prompting Bugs to seek professional aid.
1: While golfing with Bill Murray, Larry Bird, and his personal assistant, Stan Pudolak, Jordan is suddenly lassoed down a hole and into the Looney Tunes world. Bugs explains the situation to Jordan, whom Hope is placed on as one of the bas- best basketball players in the world. Although reluctant, Jordan agrees to play after a confrontation with the Monstars insults his pride, and he organizes the toons into a team called the Toon Squad. A female bunny named Lola, whom Bugs falls in love with, is added to the team thanks to her talents. Jordan sends Bugs and Daffy Duck back to his house to obtain his basketball gear, and when they arrive, Bugs and Daffy meet Jordan's dog, ironically named Charles. Uh, We'll talk about who that's named after later. And later seen by Stan, who follows them back to the cartoon world and joins the team as well. Meanwhile, the sudden incapacity of the five NBA players leads to a worldwide panic that results in the season being put on indefinite hold. The players try to restore their skills through practice, hospitalization, therapy, and prayer to no avail.
0: The game between the Toon Squad and the Monstars eventually begins, but the Monstars dominate the first half, sinking the Toon Squad's morale. Stan overhears how the Monstars obtain their talent and informs Jordan. Bugs and Jordan rally the Toon Squad and they dominate the third quarter and the start of the fourth using old school gags and acme weaponry. During a timeout, Jordan raises the stakes with Schwackhammer. A win by the Toon Squad would require the Monstars returning their stolen talents, while a win by the Monstars would allow Schwackhammer to make Jordan a new attraction for Moron Mountain for the rest of his life. Now more determined than ever to win... Swat Camera orders the Monstars to win by any means necessary. Throughout the fourth quarter, they subsequently begin playing even rougher and dirtier than before against the Toon Squad, leaving most of their roster injured and unable to continue.
2: With 10 seconds left in the game, the Toon Squad are down by one point and one player, with only Jordan, Bugs, Lola, and Daffy left. Bill Murray unexpectedly arrives and is recruited to fill the spot. In the final seconds, Jordan gains the ball with Murray's help, but is pulled back by the Monstars. Remembering advice with Bugs or from Bugs, he uses a cartoon physics to extend his arm and dunk the ball, winning the match with a buzzer beater. Seeing the monstars are being reprimanded by Swackhammer, Jordan helps them realize that the only listened to him because they were smaller. The Monstars in case Swackhammer and a missile and send him to the moon. Giving up their stolen talent, the Nerdlucks are recruited into the Looney Tunes ensemble and drop off Jordan at his next baseball game.
1: Later, Jordan visits the incapacitated basketball players and he returns their talent to which the players convince a reluctant Jordan into participating in a three-on-three pickup basketball game. Two years later in 1995, Jordan returns to the Chicago Bulls wearing number 45 to resume his basketball career as the movie ends. Now, I tell you, Kyle and Ash, we got to get new agents. We're getting screwed. And that brings us up to this episode's Big question, so let's take a sip from that water bottle, get pumped up, let's get ready to tip off, but first some info about the movie. Space Jam, 1996 American live action slash animated sports comedy film, directed by Joe Pytka and starring basketball player Michael Jordan. It presents a fictionalized account of what happened between Jordan's initial retirement in the NBA uh, from 1993 and his 1995 comeback, yes fictionalized, I'm a little bummed out about it too, honestly, um, in which he is enlisted by Looney Tunes to help them win a basketball game. Um, Wayne Knight, uh, Teresa Randall appear in supporting roles while Billy Rest and Danny DeVito headlined the voice cast it was the first feature film to be, to be produced by Warner brothers featured animation and was released theatrically in the United States on November 15th, eighty six. which means we're celebrating 25 years of it this November. Uh, it was a boss, box office success, grossing over $250 million, $250 million worldwide I'm really tripping up that's here. That's how money works. I know. That's how money works. And becoming the highest grossing basketball film of all time, as well as the 10th highest grossing film of 1996. It received mixed reviews from critics who were divided on the out of place merits and concept of combining Jordan with his profession uh, with the Looney Tunes characters, while many additionally praised the technical achievement of blending digitally live action and animation, particularly the basketball scenes and the fateful Looney Tunes comedy. A sequel. Starting LeBron James, scheduled for le- for release on July 16th, 2021, which is this a week. week. Yeah, it's a
0: week. Yeah. Like, so yeah. it'll,
2: it'll be opening the, the week
0: after. <laughs> uh, week we post
2: this Monday. Right. Yep. right. So and today's Monday. Yeah. Yep. This weekend. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Go see right. it. Have fun. And take your kids. It, it, it'll be on HBO Max as well as in theaters. So. got to get HBO Max. I know. Well, first question. <clears throat> what questions? First question. Did you like this film, and does it hold up 25 years later?
2: I think so. I like it. Uh, it's one of those ones that, for me as a child, it hit at just the right age, that I absolutely loved it. I watched New Tunes all the time. Um, and especially, like, even if you didn't watch basketball, you knew who Michael Jordan was. And I feel like that was one of the first times you had an athlete like that, that everybody, like, if you ask them, who's your favorite player, did you say Michael Jordan, even if they didn't watch basketball. Uh, I did watch basketball, at least somewhat. And I loved basketball. So it was like one of those great things that you would kind of do playing with your toys and mix and match people where you would have like Ninja Turtles wrestling, you know, with your wrestling action figures. This is taking one of your favorite cartoons and adding in one of your favorite basketball players of all time. And it worked out really well. Uh, I do think it holds up uh, part of that made just because I liked it as a child so much. Uh, but it's still it's a fun thing. I think, you know, we watched it again last night and I do think as Sky gets older, you know, we'll show it to her. And it's just a fun movie. I think it's, you know, same way a lot of movies like this are. There's a little bit of humor that's more of adult that kind of slides in uh, under the radar that you get to enjoy. Uh, but I definitely think it holds up all these years later. And I definitely think, especially when it came out, you know, in the 90s where you have all these other sports movies, especially for kids, uh, this was just a great combination of both.
1: What do you think, Ashby?
0: So, <clears throat> feel like i just want to be contrary
1: that's fine it's okay so <laughs> of course I, we get called back for 10 minutes and right. ashby wants to disagree yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> exactly uh so yeah i feel like you either have to be a child on drugs or really good at suspending belief to buy into this movie can it be all yeah 100 percent. yeah um i just feel like it, it doesn't make any sense it, the technology holds up right so like the cartoons Blending with, like, the real world and the animation. Like, I feel like the technology all holds up. But I feel like just being an adult takes things from you. And one of the things it takes from you is watching things that you really enjoyed as a child. And just being like, none of this makes sense. And it's just, like, it it doesn't follow its own rules. And the continuity is terrible. And I just can't enjoy it as an adult it was
2: I just feel bad for you like I, so I hate so that adulthood for you. has stolen that from you
0: i mean there were parts of it that i found enjoyable but for the most part i just like re some of the scenes i was like i just this look
1: i'm gonna quote meh. the great bucks bunny here from this movie or paraphrase him actually because it doesn't have to make sense
0: this is looney
1: toon land it doesn't have to make sense. Well, it's that's a, a
0: that's a good point. Yeah, just a
2: heads up with with that mindset in mind. When you go see F nine soon, you're going to be very disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> because it falls right in line with all of those. Things. All those things.
1: So
0: also, honestly, like Michael Jordan is a goat at a lot of things, but he can not act. No, it was not. No, I, just every time he had lines, I was like, and eh, we I'm back out of it again.
1: And I that's don't know. and that's okay though. Like yeah. that, that's the thing that I. This movie wasn't made to win Oscars. Right. It was not made to be like one of the best acted movies of all time. It was meant to combine two worlds that kids Mm -hmm. loved. Yes. And melt them together into this super crossover type thing.
0: Look, all that being said, I loved it as a kid. And I'm definitely going to see the next one with LeBron. So, I mean, you know.
1: Spoiler, LeBron's acting will not be good either. (laughs) <laughs> I don't Although know. he's been in movies just already Just from the so. trailer,
0: it seems like he's already bringing more personality to it than Jordan did So, well, I'm just saying
2: Well, I mean, he's had 25 years to get ready for this That's right Right, he's so, like,
0: I'm going to be in the second Space Jam one day I'm They've been be talking so about
2: the second Space Jam since like 98 Exactly yes, So, like, have. he's had time where, he, like, that's his goal right. Like, sure, he wanted to win a couple championships But he's also like, if I get real good, there's right. a chance I can be in Space Jam That's right and so that's, that's right. where he's finally at now this time. I mean,
0: I, I, the only other person I could think of would have been, like, Kobe could have probably led, a, like, a Space Jam movie.
2: Maybe. I think he could, but I don't yeah. know if you would get the same, like,
1: there, there's, I don't know. Um, not I mean, I guess we can get into this conversation, but, like, part of the reason Michael Jordan worked, for, for in my opinion, for this movie, is that he was undoubtedly the best in his field Oh sure. Um, at the time, and, uh, and it, it's held up over time. He's still the right. best of all time. Um, and I, I heard rumors that they wanted to do this with other athletes, like maybe like Jeff Gordon, or like maybe Ken Griffey Jr. or something like. I don't know if there was ever room those rumors. I don't. They obviously didn't pan out, but I don't know if there was any truth to those. But I think it works when you've got people who are arguably their best in their field. And LeBron James, for all his faults, um, he is considered one of the top. I would say, depending on who you talk to, one of the top five basketball players in the history of the game. Right. Um,
2: Well, worst case, this movie flops. And then everybody would just say, well, he was just doing it on purpose. He does that every game.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: (laughs) Well, he does. (laughs) Nobody doesn't. I mean. He does now that he's older. Yes.
0: (laughs) Although in that, in that vein, right. It felt like sort of seventy minutes of just Michael Jordan is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh yeah, it's
1: definitely a promotion vehicle for Michael Jordan, right? I mean, and
0: I'm sort of like, we get it, you know. I, anyway,
1: I don't think you do, though. I don't think you do. <laughs> you missed this. You have missed whole the whole thing. thing. We're gonna stop the So podcast here's the thing about Michael Jordan right in in nineteen ninety in the nineteen nineties. Um, he was the greatest. Thing right for kids. He was the closest thing we had to a superhero in real life form. Right, true. Um, like he, yeah, he, we want to be like Mike. Yeah, they had yeah. the. I mean, he was promoted uh, to an obscene amount of kids uh, throughout the late '80s and '90s with his uh, with his Gatorade, and McDonald's, and Wheaties, and Haynes and all I say, the. I wore uh-huh. Hanes because of him. All the stuff that I mentioned in our opening spiel. There, I mean. Like he, Maybe it's because you weren't
2: wearing the right underwear. I maybe it was. That's what sort of it
1: mean.
0: is. Well, here's why I love the like variety of interests we bring to this podcast. Because the two of you were watching this movie and you were like, oh my God, it's Michael Jordan. And then also the Looney Tunes, right? Of course. And I was watching this movie and going, oh my God, it's the Looney Tunes. And this dude named Michael Jordan, who I've heard is great at basketball. Like. You see what I'm that. saying? So, like I'm coming at it from a different perspective. Not just cuz I'm a girl. Like no, I no, just no. I was not into sports as a child. Like I I played some sports, but I was not that girl and some girls were that was tapped into the sports culture of the 90s, maybe like boys were expected to or were, you know, you were in it cuz your dad was interested in it or whatever, like Well, I think I the big just...
2: thing too is he was so much more than just basketball, and I think that's where they, especially why they took him. Obviously, he was the greatest of what he did. Right, I remember uh, all his commercials for sure, and that's well, what I mean. It, it came which from is a probably commercial. how
0: I knew that he was a big deal, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I wasn't watching Bulls the thing, games like, with sure. my dad.
1: Michael Jordan was one of the first um, NBA athletes to really, I guess, like market themselves to like that that level. Like mm-hmm. he right. he was very conscientious about how his his brand his brand uh-huh. appeared. Uh, to the point where he refused to even make like political endorsements in the 90s. Because, right. as he said, well, Republicans right. and Democrats buy sneakers too. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: And I, so. I learned a lot more about that watching The
1: Last Dance. <laughs> the Last Dance. Yes. Which is, Erica mentioned
2: that last night. Yeah. She's like, watching this makes me want to go back and watch that. Yes. Yes.
0: yes. I, I want to
1: rewatch that again too. Um, maybe that can be something we talk about at some point. Um, but yeah, so back to the, the question um, I really love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies as a kid. Um, I, I had some of the action figures for it. Mm -hmm. I I remember having, like, they were selling, like, the Monstar uh, figures, and they had the, the Toon Squad, and I really loved the Monstars action figures. They were fun, Mm -hmm. and I could have them interact with my Power Ranger action figures, too. Um, That's (laughs) true. Which would make sense. Um, but, uh, it was a fun movie to me. Um, you know, again, knowing that it was, it was made for for me as a kid, as a Mm 10-year-old, you know, um. Like I, I, still look at it through that lens. It takes me back to 1996 whenever this came out. Um, anytime I hear the soundtrack, it takes me back. Like sure. it gives me like this, that soundtrack. I mean, I know we talked about it on the best soundtrack um, episode, but uh, that soundtrack really was my first introduction to R&B. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't know. There's just there's a lot of positive memories associated with this movie for me. Um, I, I love the again watching all these basketball players they had two Charlotte Hornets in this mm-hmm. in this movie I mean they, they had Muggsy Bows and Larry Johnson as a kid who loved the Hornets growing up um, I love both of those guys mm-hmm. um, I mean it's just there's so many positives I see in this movie that yes it overshadows the illogical nature of it it overshadows the fact that these guys aren't really actors um, but all that set aside I just enjoyed the movie and I I had fun watching it, and uh, as a kid I, I had fun watching it. As an adult, I mean yes, mm-hmm. I mean it's 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 it was just good fun to me, and I do believe it does hold up 25 years later, in that context, knowing that it is 25 years old, knowing that mm-hmm. you have to set yourself it's a it's a the quintessential 90s movie where you have the greatest athlete of all time, but especially in his prime, um, playing basketball. Well, I
2: think yeah. it, it goes a lot with the culture of the time where we you and know, you briefly mentioned that as well. But you know, Larry Johnson's grandmama appearing on Family Matters. Yes, uh, I even think back to like a Doug episode where there's this basketball player that's put out his own line of sneakers, literally Michael Jordan Air Jordan, but it's not him, um, obviously for copyright reasons, everything else. But everybody's going nuts trying to buy his shoes, wanting his shoes. You're not cool if you don't get his shoes. He goes and gets like he gets the last pair the store has. It's a billion sizes too big. He walks around, trips all over the place, and then I think he meets the star or whatever there. But it's like one of those things that this was the culture. Episode, yeah, yeah. It's the culture that we lived in as kids, and so it made sense to throw this in there. Uh, Obviously, with Michael Jordan, as we already talked about. um, Yeah, as an adult, you do look back. There's a lot of times that yeah, I was like, okay, well, why didn't anybody in the world think anything about? A spaceship flying over the ball game.
0: Later,
1: landing on the field. Oh no! Which featured the Carolina Mudcats, by the way. Is that where that was? was? No, that wasn't in Five County, but the Mudcats were the opponent. For the Birmingham Barons, because in the nineties, the Birmingham Barons. That's right. I forgot
0: he was playing minor league.
1: Yeah, he was playing double A ball in Birmingham, which was the Chicago. White Sox. Yeah, you know, they uh, probably affiliates. did that because yeah. he's from North Carolina. Yes, and yeah. the Carolina Mudcats was a they were a Double A team in the nineties. They're a, sing, a low class Single A team now.
0: You know what? You didn't have to add low class.
2: I'm saying like don't <laughs> diss on them. Well, no,
1: there's two classes of <laughs> Single A. They're trying <laughs> there's, there's,
2: We still enjoy going, and they have great fireworks. There's low you leave class them alone.
1: Single A, and there's high class Single A, and
2: <laughs> I will go buy
1: my ice cream out of a baseball hat and enjoy it. I will too. Don't get me wrong. I'm just telling you what
0: why you gotta bring class into it Mm-mm. is it because they're in Zebulon
1: yes it's because they're in Zebulon <laughs> um,
2: that pork and lot but Stevie yeah so part. like
1: yeah the final scene where the spaceship, uh, spaceship descends uh, the Mudcats are the opponents for That's the Birmingham Bears funny Barons, nice. I love it uh, just fun for me and uh, I, the other fun thing was whenever the spaceship um, from the um, I think it was the the Monstars maybe no one shot did. out of a Piggly Wiggly parking lot
0: Yes, mm-hmm. and I'm like oh we have those oh, <laughs> oh we have those yeah I don't know why it was that oh, Kinley? as a child I wonder
1: why <laughs> right. I didn't try to go dig through yeah. a Piggly Wiggly parking lot maybe well, no as one found
0: about the uh, about the spaceship because they were like oh he's an alien that makes so much sense probably
1: well as a child I had to be like not restrained, but I had to ask like a couple of times, like if I dig here on the third hole here at, uh, at Cardinal, totally. Country, Club, <laughs> the Cardinal we, Country Club, will we end up in right. the Looney Tunes will land? Bugs Bunny <laughs> pop out, right? Oh my
0: goodness! Uh,
1: what are you doing? I, that's what, this movie's where I learned what a divot was. sure way, so.
0: same. <laughs> Speaking of favorite... divot yeah. <laughs> Speaking of favorite scenes, that's one of my favorite scenes. Yes, let's where move he's like, on to. like, I'm coming, Michael. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he's like, <"Ding> <laughs> yeah let's, let's move on to what some of our favorite scenes or quotes are. So, uh, you enjoy the uh, yes. Wayne Knight just digging a hole he's there, digging
0: a <laughs> hole like he's gonna save Michael Jordan. Can you imagine those scene, Michael Jordan, who by the way you're in charge of, right? Like he's your responsibility, mm-hmm. getting sucked through well, the, a the great mold. thing
1: to me is like Larry Bird and Bill Murray, are like. Yeah, he just was probably just trying to get away from that Stan character. Yeah. I mean, what is that? Where did he find him? I'm going to give us both threes on that, Larry. We're, we weren't in any emotional well, state look, to punt. If you've
0: <laughs> seen Bill Murray in Caddyshack, then you probably yes. know why he took that so well, because of his maybe altered state of mind. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, makes sense. Moving on to the next hole.
2: I loved it right before that, too. That he looks at Stan, and he's like, what kind of camera is that? And he points, don't you point that. and takes it and throws it. And he's like, no, you don't to do that. And then, they, like you said, walk straight to the kid. He's like, okay, we'll, we'll set out.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm man. gonna give
1: us I'm gonna give us three for that one. We we were not any emotional state to put in there. Mm-hmm. After we lost our buddy Jordan mm-hmm. and then just walk away. Yeah. Yes, he he doesn't get home. I mean, no, oh <laughs> uh, that, that's funny. Um, I enjoyed the introduction of Lola Bunny. Sure, um, which uh, she was fantastic.
2: What do you uh, think, Asher? You're making
0: faces. I had something in my eye. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just don't <clears throat> watching it as an adult, obviously, and you know, watching it 25 years later, it, I, you know, she's the girl on the team, right? But like, mm. why does she have to be hot? Like, it's like she's a sexy bunny, and I'm just, why does? She, I, anyway, whatever, it's fine.
1: Unfortunately,
2: <laughs> wait, you found her sexy.
0: I mean, she's really good <laughs> at basketball.
1: I just, thought she I thought was she was guy. just good at basketball. Yes, but I understand what you're saying. No, no totally. There I mean, was a lot of. Um, over-sexualization of female cartoon characters right. in the 90s right. now. Sure. They do fix that in the new Space Jam where yes. Little Bunny is just a basketball player.
0: Right. And bunny. also voiced by Zendaya, so I Zendaya. can't wait exactly. for that. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I was just like, I don't, I mean, why did
1: she... But as a kid, I didn't notice. The right, se- you know, right. As, as a kids, kid, yeah, I thought, you don't notice this that. chick can ball. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. she can play Yeah, ball. she comes
0: in and dunks, and they like, all have, like, heart eyes Legitimately
1: the second best basketball player on that right. team. As a as right.
0: a
2: child, I thought, I think as like a child, I looked at it and saw that as attractive, just because it was a female that came in and did a great job at what they were right. doing. Right, and that's not me trying to like oversimplify it as an adult now. I just remember watching movies like that and like say Little Giants. Mm-hmm. I used to have a crush on her, like nobody's business, right? But it wasn't because like oh gosh, they've dressed her up to be some like hot little girl. Like it was very much because she's competent. she's awesome and does a great job at what right. she does. That's attractive, like yeah. So and it's also child, nice that, like,
0: her. Lola obviously doesn't take any of their mess, you know? Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So. Don't ever call me
0: doll. Mm-hmm. I love how she, like, like yes. flicks her ear over, you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love the, like, scene. I think it's whenever – oh, sorry. Move something around. Uh, they are at, I think, Michael's house, and they're trying to talk about, like, what they should name the team. And he's like, we should be the Ducks. What kind of Mickey Mouse organization would name their team the Ducks? Ducks. As the Mighty Ducks have literally just come out in a couple years
1: prior. So nice little shot at Disney there from Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Oh, um, obviously the uh, the halftime speech by Jordan, um, you know, where he's just trying to get them all pumped up, and they're like, "Yeah, I've heard that before." Uh-huh. You know, just blah, blah, blah. And of course, Bugs Bunny comes in with like some water. This is Michael's secret stuff, and it just like it's literally a placebo, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And it gets them pumped up, right? And the whole time I'm thinking, like, whenever they, everyone gets hurt, like at the end of the movie, they only have four players left. I'm like, go put more water in the bottle, there, Bugs, and Mm -hmm. and right, right. Give it. But also,
0: then as an adult, I was like, is this a metaphor for steroids?
2: Uh, Honestly, it might have been. <laughs> I just was waiting for them to like, shake it off. Because, like in those cartoons back then, there was like, oder, oder, oder. and then right. all of a sudden yeah. they're fine. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked out great for them. But no, evidently, there's like a limit. It's kind of like a video game. You can get hurt so many times, right. and then you have, you have to right. at least wait out for a little while.
0: But um, I also love that it's like they remember in the second half that they're cartoons, yes. and they can do cartoon things. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like what was this in the first half? The it's game? no longer
2: just about being a game. But at this point, we can stretch it.
0: Right. Yeah. Like Wiley Coyote blows up the basket or yeah, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I love to uh, the first scene, and that was just because watching it last night it hit me a lot harder than I expected right? because I Believe I Can Fly literally is the first thing that hits and I wasn't right. expecting Like I'd forgotten I knew the song obviously was there
0: they also play it like 80 bajillion times throughout sure. the movie <laughs> but like
2: at that point it's like starting all of a sudden you're like oh man this is the scene where he's with his dad especially I think because of watching like
0: right the, the, last, whole, dance. the last
2: dance and like seeing that a little bit more unless you behave with his dad right? and then seeing this after not thinking right. about it since watching that
0: and watching the vulture media follow him into the yes. locker room and watch him song and saw. crown the floor yeah
2: like so that's in your heart and in your mind and all of a sudden this happens and it's literally like oh man this is this scene and then boom here comes i believe i can fly on top of that so it was like it definitely like hit me in the gut last night where i didn't quite tear up but at the same time it's like oh this is a lot more emotional now watching it after seeing that before absolutely so i do enjoy that and i enjoyed that as a kid because i feel like having those moments of late night shooting basketball and like your dad being like okay you need to come in um and just having those moments i never you know those type of things as a kid gave you hope that one day you could be a major. Oh, absolutely! Basketball. I used to tell people, I'm like, play for the Tar Heels. Oh, same play. same thing. When yeah. people
1: ask me in middle school, "What do you want to be when you grow I want to be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Carolina, gonna mm-hmm. play with the Heels. I'm gonna play for the Tar Heels. I'll play with Antoine Jameson and Vince Carter. I know they're in. They're college still gonna now. be there. Yeah. They'll still be there. They'll have mm-hmm. eligibility, I promise.
2: Like, and I love that about childhood. Like, there's a part of being adults that, like, I hate that. That, like, we just you know over logic, I mean, that's not even a word, but we think too logically about some of that stuff. And as I understand, you got to be responsible. There's something about being a child to just seeing this and just being like, "Oh, that could happen. Like, I could do that. That could be me."
1: Well, it's right. like any time a kid says they want to be a YouTuber, sure. I don't try to shut that dream no. down, right? Because I understand it, right? Um, I do try to give them, you know, general advice of what it what that means, mm-hmm. um, right? So you know, they understand that, hey, right? You know, don't
0: like kill their dream with the statistics, but no.
1: But I want that's them to a know. little
0: different when a six-year-old says that. Yeah. And when like a 16-year-old says that, yeah. it's like, you need to really be start to looking at the reality of like earning a degree and mm-hmm. having a backup plan. But
1: I'm not a dream killer because that's I have those dreams. As- well, the same
2: way, like a lot of these YouTube people mm-hmm. literally, you know, of course there's the smaller kids like, you know, Ryan that carried Ryan's world that's going crazy and for everything else. But a lot, of, especially at the car people I watch, a lot of them started as just. Mm-hmm. Him and a guy in high school in his like garage and like horrible videos, not good at all, but just having a passion to keep pushing forward through everything.
1: To like, yeah. they went so to college and then dropped that out.
0: Three of us could still make it big.
1: That's what one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this is a passion project. We've talked about this one hundred percent. That we enjoy. I right. mean, it's it's definitely a dream come true. I mean, mm-hmm. it's something that me and Kyle have talked about for several years. Um, and we're glad that you came on board with us last year, and um, it's definitely a passion project. So, mm-hmm. um, but that first scene, like, I agree that the emotions that it it kicks up because I remember being outside shooting hoops late at night. Um, we had the little floodlights on in mm-hmm. the ha- outside the house, and I'm I'm just shooting basketball up until eleven eleven thirty until my mm-hmm. parents have to tell me to go in. I remember having dreams of. Um, being able to hit game-winning shots and lowering the goal so mm-hmm. I can dunk because dunk. I wasn't like that kid um, <laughs> who could just dunk it, you know, as a kid. Um, I wanted a chain, um, a chain net, um, mm-hmm. for, for the goal so it would make that cool little, sh- sh- you know, mm-hmm. ching when you, know, mm-hmm. chain, you mm-hmm. make it. Um, and a friend of mine had one, which was the coolest thing. Um, so, it makes me
2: think too, and it reminds me, and I mean. Maybe this moves into what it works best. I don't want to like, push it too far forward. But it worked for me as a child to push that creative side of myself. Like, I went outside. I remember playing, like, you know, I'm doing air quotes right now, like, with the Looney Tunes in my driveway. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Michael Jordan wasn't there anymore. It was me playing with the Looney Tunes. I remember, like, you know, talking it out in my head and being like, hey, Bugs, throw me the ball. And, like, you toss the ball up to yourself, whatever. Just, you know, and it sounds dumb as an adult, but as a child – that was like how I spent afternoons. I'd go home from school. Mm-hmm. And that was that same way, even like with Mighty Ducks, like I pretended I was playing with the team right. by myself in the driveway.
0: Well, as a kid, you could do that. That's yeah. Another thing adulthood steals from you is imagination. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it
1: back. Start playing outside with Bucks Bunny. Exactly. So I have two things more I want to sure, yeah, yeah. mention uh, favorite scenes and favorite quotes. Um, The first is when Michael Jordan's up at bat. Um, during the like the scene where he's actually batting for the Birmingham Barons, and the catcher's like, "Hey, man, thanks for uh autographing that. You know those baseballs for my kids. There's a basketball or a basketball for yeah. those, my kids. They're gonna love it." And then the guy's like, "All right, fastball, S- don't swing." And then Jordan looks at him. He's like, "And the catcher's like, no, don't swing." So he doesn't swing. And then it's like, "Okay, here's a curveball, swing." And he swings at him and says, "All right, hey, here's another, here's a slider or whatever it you is. Know, slider, don't swing it." And Michael swings anyway, and he's like, "I told you not to swing." He's like, "Couldn't help it." He's like, "I totally understand. Great yeah. job, man. Great job, buddy." And everyone's just cheering him as he strikes out for the third time that right, day. And right. like, "That's a good cut, Mike. It's a good cut. That's, good good strike cut. Out, yeah, That's a strikeout, Mike. That's real know, good. Whenever I strike <laughs> out, it's bad, man. Bad, you bad. look great. <laughs> I just love that scene where everyone's just treating him like a king because he's Michael Jordan, <laughs> to the point where even the opposing teams like." We're going to help you out here. We're-
2: Even telling his son that later, is like, man, does everybody bash on you? And he's like, actually, it's, it's different. It's worse. Everybody's really Everything nice basically. about
1: it. Right. Um, and then a quote from uh, old Stan. He mm-hmm. shows up in Looney Tune land. He's like, come on, Michael, let me help. I'm not very tall, but I'm slow. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I love it. He's listening. He's like, I'm not very tall. I'm, I'm large and I'm slow. That's <laughs> like- me
0: playing any sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like-
2: yep. That's me showing up to play basketball, and everybody's and like, "We're going to do full court." It's like, "No, how about we just stay on this half?" Like, right, yeah. You don't need to half. run down there. We've right. got a goal right
1: here. But, I mean, <laughs> when we used to do basketball and Bible study, uh, we would not do full court for that reason. It's mean, like you got two large men yeah. heading
2: up basketball for teams, and they're like, "Let's run full court." Heck, it's no. like, "No, no, we got, we got, no, a
1: no, lot, no, 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 we'll no. run three on three right. on either side." We got yeah. two basketballs, two <laughs> goals. That means we can play two games. You That's right. That's right. Uh, the other quote I really enjoy was from Foghorn Leghorn where the monster's like, are you a chicken? He's like, well, I say, I, re- I resemble that remark.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they fry.
1: <laughs> and then they fry him. Did you order original recipe or extra crispy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Poor chicken. Oh, man. Uh, I wonder what worked
2: best.
1: What worked best? I think the the concept of like, mashing these two worlds worked really well. Like, I thought I think it ended mm-hmm. up being mm-hmm. a proven. Yes. Like, I don't know why they haven't done anything with something like this again because. Well, they are. Uh, I mean, it I know comes they out are. this weekend. I, yeah, but it, before now, it, sure, I don't know sure, why sure. it's taken them 25 years did to do so. Did they
0: something. do a Looney Tunes movie they with. It. It
1: back, uh, in, back action, in action with, yeah, Brandon with, Brendan with Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, Fraser then. But that's really. still, he's, he's a legitimate actor. I mean, that's different. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Look, well, you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, I was say,
2: like Georgia the Jungle, sure, but uh, although I will the walk- Mummy.
0: <laughs> I, look, the Mummy is an excellent movie. Okay, I will defend it to the death. The anyway, Rock
1: got his movie starts in the Mummy 2. Mm.
0: You know, anywho. Um, speaking of that, the technology. I'm gonna walk back a little bit of what I said earlier about Michael Jordan being a poor actor. Um, I still think that you know he. Read his lines with um, a zero inflection, but whatever. However, when it comes to this idea, like if you really think about it and you think about the filming technology and you think about all of his scenes with the tunes he was having to talk to Mm -hmm. a tennis ball or Mm -hmm. air or whatever... That's where I'm like, you know what? Actually, he's probably a decent actor because he had to carry on a conversation and play a game with things that weren't there, right? He was
2: literally doing what I was doing in my backyard. Exactly.
0: Like, hey, Hey, you give me the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, hey, you could have grown up and been an actor because you're you really good at working Yeah, working off of things that just don't exist. Mm-hmm. So, I just thought that was really interesting. And I obviously, I think that has to be one of the things that work best because it holds up. Like, you can watch it 25 years later and the technology is still. I mean, there's no like sometimes things like that look dated, mm-hmm. but the technology for having that mix between live and animation still looks like it could have been done today with you know the technology that's. 25 it bl- it years blended really well. Yeah. well. What
2: I add to it too, and it's honestly kind of one of the fun facts I looked up, so we'll just kind of throw it in here. But with this movie, it's different because if you think the time before where we've seen this is um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which came out a few years prior, a couple, whatever prior. And that was the first time we really saw humans, you know, and, you know, cartoons, in vice versa, or cartoons in the real world, him in Toon Land. Um, But I was looking at, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff for this movie, and a lot of the animation, by this point, you had CG, or at least the beginnings of CG. So you saw the, like, framework of, like, a film, and then you would see them hand-drawing like Bugs Bunny, over top of it. But then they were able to move it all into this, like to the computers, and color them and stuff. And I had never paid attention to it until I watched it last night, after watching those behind-the-scenes stuff. And you see a lot more color and definition with the tunes where they pop a little bit more. Um, but like shadows, a little bit more roundness, just the texture of it a little bit. They are hand-drawn still, but whenever you see it, they've colored them inside a computer. So you see Bugs that looks a little bit more, especially when he's in the real world, he pops a little bit more than just a hand-drawn Bugs Bunny walking through um, the land. Right. Uh, as well as, like, a lot of, like, spaceship stuff and other things you start realizing as a child, I didn't think anything about it all this animation. But now you see it's a little bit more where it's computer done, where it's not right. so much the other. Right. But the same way, it holds up where it's blended well, where it's not so much, like, there's this and here's that. You believe that Michael Jordan's literally there talking with some cartoon characters. Right. Um, and the same way with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, still great, and that still holds up, and it's still, like, especially for the time, was amazing. But to see it done now, and the same way too, going into the new movie that's coming out this weekend, I liked it at first where the trailer all of a sudden threw LeBron James in there and he was a cartoon. Mm-hmm,
0: I mm-hmm. like how
2: they did that where it's like, if you're in the Toon world, you're a cartoon now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then whenever they brought everybody back to the real world or to the other world, or whatever.
0: The cartoons become Yeah, the cartoons
2: real. become more real in the similar way that it made me think about last night when they're at Michael's house
0: right? and how
2: more a little bit more rounded and stuff they look. Mm-hmm. This new one, you see the texture of their fur and mm-hmm. everything else. Right. Where it's still like you know they didn't try to make it human. It's still animated, but at right. the same time, you get right. such a better vibe of what it could be now in the right. real world.
0: Well, I think animation has caught up to that sure. point. Like when, now that when we have like live action Jungle Book and live mm-hmm. action Lion King or whatever, it's not a real lion. It's still sure. animation, mm-hmm. right. but the technology can you can see every hair yes. in the lion's mane and stuff. So,
1: I thought um, moving on to something else that worked. are not. Sure. No, we talked about this off air. Um, because we have no idea why Bill Murray was in this movie, but I thought he worked really well in this I movie. I love Bill Murray. Yeah. I thought it was just random inclusion in this movie. Well, it's just like really well.
0: It's like well, I don't, you know, they basically were just like, "Hey, we need a, a a role for Bill Murray because we want Bill Murray in the movie," and so they just say, "Hey, Bill, come in and just be Bill Murray," basically. And yeah. I love
2: that. And I love the fact <laughs> it's great. He just brings that whole comedic act to this mm-hmm. uh, to this movie in the same way especially now for a lot longer and we're older now, you realize that's Bill Murray in real life. Yeah. Like where there's documentaries now that it's a, talks about the entire story of Bill Murray, where he shows up at random people's houses next, you know, he's partying with people in their own house. He's in the kitchen doing the dishes at somebody's house. Yeah. Like if you haven't seen that documentary, I remember what mm-hmm. it's called, but it's pretty much like stories of people's interactions with mm-hmm. Bill Murray, where he realizes how famous he is. Yeah. And has fun with it. Where if people like would go back and tell the stories, you know, maybe they'll believe it. Maybe they won't. To the point, I remember one of the stories where he walked up and shoved a guy into a bush. And like the guy got angry and looked up and realized it was Bill Murray. and he said, My bad. Thank you. He looked you. at him and said, no one's ever going to believe you. And like right. walked off. Like, right. And that, I think that's just Bill Murray. And I love that about that being in this movie where, sure, you have cartoons and you have everything else, but he brings a different humor mm-hmm. to the movie that yes. you just light up. You start smiling when he shows up because you know it's going to be something that's funny.
0: I like the uh, four college students who were like film students. Yeah. And they randomly ran into... Bill Murray in airport. Yes. And he did the like Wes Anderson slow walk with them and let yes. him film it. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious. I hope so that, you know, good.
2: when my YouTube, you know, fame hits, you know, I can do mm-hmm. such things like that. Yes. 100%.
0: Mm-hmm. All right.
1: What else uh, worked the best for this movie?
0: That's all I have.
2: Honestly, I just think the type of movie, it was, especially for the time period. And I've, you know, I'm not going to go overboard on it because I talked a lot about it earlier, but I just think taking things together, which something like the Looney Tunes, that is just such a well-known historic classic thing as far as who they are uh, as a cartoon series, as characters, and combining them with something as a star today. It could have flopped. It really could have. Like, I feel like if you would have done this with Disney characters, I don't know if it would have worked this way. Well. If you had Mickey Mouse and his friends, they're two different styles. And I remember as a child, you know, you had Looney Tunes and you had Mickey Mouse and all his friends. And don't get me wrong, I loved both of them. But it's two very different styles of characters and their actions and their humor so I think when they were able to do this, it took the right characters and the right athlete to put in here where it didn't turn into it's Jeff Gordon and, you know, the Looney Tunes. It's like, I don't care nothing about NASCAR. I'm not going to see this movie. Versus Michael Jordan was just everywhere. He was on your McDonald's commercials. He was on commercials with Bugs already selling shoes. He was everywhere, and you're going to love that. I mean, again, you know, it's cartoon. It's a child's movie technically, so I get, you know, the, the stuff that's a little doesn't work but I think especially for that time period for who we were as kids it worked really well and I do think um, we're going to see it going forward with the new movie.
0: So I was going to transition us into the next section a little bit. Mm -hmm. There was something that hit me a little different (laughs) as an adult where when the players lose their talent Mm -hmm. and it's a little funny because I guess they had to do something really obvious looking so it was really apparent that that's what was happening Mm -hmm. and so like the idea that if you suddenly lost your ability to play basketball at a professional level you Mm -hmm. also like maybe couldn't walk or something like they had to act like stupefied basically Mm -hmm. and so you're like well i think you could still function as a human being without your talent right but it was just really funny and then i i as a kid i really loved the scene in the hospital mm-hmm. where they're all just, like, questioning, mm-hmm. like, what's happening, you know, yep. and it's kind of, it's meant to be a little funny, but then as an adult, I started thinking, I was like, how, like, think about the one thing that you feel good at mm. that, like, is tied into your identity, and then just the the crisis, the personal crisis of losing that, like, yeah. overnight.
1: There's a lot of adult humor in those scenes, too, yes. where Charles is yes. you know, at the church, and he's like, I promise I'll never go out with Madonna again. Yes. And the, the doctor, like the psychiatrist, has asked, and Patrick Ewing, have you had any problems with performance in other areas? And Ewing sits up, and he's like, no! No! Like, just asking. Just asking.
0: I remember that right. flying over
2: my head as a child, but yes. just still think it was hilarious, because it's like... yes he's talking about how he can't make a sandwich or like yeah. whatever. Like, you yeah. know, you have no idea, but,
0: yeah.
1: and of course the humor of the four, for the guys with the doctor walking in the hospital and yes. three and of them hit. hit
0: because they're so <laughs> tall and, so so and, tall. Muxy and Muxy it just, the, the
1: doctor must go just still going.
0: So. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, speaking of those five guys, let's, um, let's, uh, I have a little section here. Where are they now? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's six main like basketball players. I know we have Larry Bird and there and some other, uh, other guys in, um, in here, like in the background or whatever, but these were the six main guys um, whose talent was on right. on display. So uh, let's start with Michael Jordan.
0: Look, just watch The Last Dance, okay? Yes. Watch The Last watch
1: Dance. Watch The Last Dance, and, and that'll tell you everything you need to know about Michael Jordan. Oof. Where's that he at is, now? Is it still on Netflix? I think it it's on Netflix. Netflix I think yeah. it's still on Netflix, yeah. Um, he, Michael Jordan is currently the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, his uh, company, uh, the Jordan brand, is actually its own subsidiary of Nike now. Like, it's mm-hmm. its own thing. They're his own logo and everything for... Um, Makes sense. And they just announced a couple of days ago that they're having the Jordan brand invitational college basketball uh, in-season ter- in tournament. Um, and the first four teams invited are the first four teams to actually use the Jordan brand as their apparel. So North Carolina, Oklahoma, Florida, and Michigan will be taking place in that tournament starting in December 2022.
0: That just happens to also be a really good geographical range. And that's Mm -hmm. not just for the
1: men. That's also the women's teams as well are also going to be as a part of that. Girls
0: play basketball too?
1: Yes, they do. Duh. (laughs) Duh. Um, Charles Barkley, um, he is currently a host for, um, is it Inside the NBA or – um, one of them. Yes, for the TNT um, mm-hmm. pre-game and post-game and halftime shows with yes. uh, he would, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, Sharp dresser. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yes. That Charles um, Barkley. He's a terrible golfer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, who among us? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and him and Jordan were, were really good friends. I don't know if their friendship is on hold now. I know they've had some issues, but uh, they used to play golf together. That's, that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons Barkley and all these guys are in this movie because of their relationship with Michael. Right. But a fun little nod... Um, the dog in this movie is named Charles, um, mm-hmm. cause you know, Charles Barkley mm-hmm. and Stop it. there's a <laughs> part of me, wait, Gnarls Barkley. Yes, Gnarls Does Barkley. Does that all make sense though? Part of me wonders if that was a female dog, if that's Jordan's way of telling Charles mm. that,
0: wow. Know, hey. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just a heads up of who you are in relation to me. But,
0: um, you know, speaking of friendship, family show. <laughs> yeah. You know who wasn't in this movie? Scotty Pippen, mm. and I'm mad about it, especially after watching The Last Dance. Mm. My man gets mm. a terrible long term contract, and he doesn't get to be in Space Jam. Get out of here! That's, I'm not gonna lie.
2: I was a his big fault. I was a big Scotty Pippen. I fan love Scotty Pippen.
1: Fandom.
0: That role. is victim blaming, Eric.
2: Yep. There's. <laughs> There was that part of me as the child that's like, everybody loves Michael Jordan. I want somebody else. And so it's like Scotty Pippen. Like, I well, had a Scotty Pippen jersey. I didn't in, have a Jordan in jersey.
1: In a NBA jam, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was not a playable character because he didn't allow his character, his his likeness or whatever. So Pippen and Rodman mm-hmm. were the, mm-hmm. and like um, BJ Armstrong mm-hmm. and um, uh, who was, um, was it? Horace Grant? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were the best characters on the Bulls. I mean, mm-hmm. but uh, Pippin was the yeah. main guy on the Bulls. Look, and the if game. there was
0: anyone that is, like, primed to turn into an alien, it's Rodman, right? Like, come that's on. True. I'm
1: pretty sure. And I think
0: he would agree. Like, I'm not ragging on him. It's like, probably a money issue at this point. Well, Speaking with, of Madonna. With, <laughs> with Rodman,
1: I mean, he was already kind of a bad boy at that point. <laughs> right. But he had not yet married elect- Carmen Electra. He had not well, yet dyed so, no. his hair. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even on the Bulls at this point. He didn't join the Bulls until the 96 season. That's and true. Just, he was on the and in, in this movie, this uh, took place, he was with the Spurs, Spurs. the Pistons, uh, prior to joining gotcha. the um,
0: the Bulls. Look, so. I make Hunter, my brother, so mad because I literally know nothing about sports. And I'm really proud of it, actually. Like, it's just not my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. It never will be. But I love documentaries. Sure. And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll watch sports documentaries mm-hmm. and just, like, take that knowledge in and Mm -hmm. then try to speak with authority on things about sports. So ever since I saw the last dance, all I can talk about in sports conversations is how you should never sign a long-term contract. And anytime Hunter hears me talk about it, he's like, you don't know anything. Like, stop Acting like
2: you do. That sounds like somebody that signed a long-term contract.
0: Yeah, you know, like you should never sign. It It really, in the long run, like salary-wise, like know your value. Like Mm -hmm. just short-term contracts are where it's at. Like I'm on freaking ESPN. (laughs) The
1: the risk with short-term contracts is (laughs) if you get hurt. That's true. And they can write you off. They can write you off easily. But uh, the long, the risk with long term contracts is you outplay your value. Correct. And you don't make the money you're due. Which is so, what happened to Scotty Pippen. Exactly. So there, um, which I get Scotty's point of view. He wanted guarantee, you know, the money because that was a lot of money to him. But whew, that if he had, in today's world, if he had a decent agent, there was no way they'd ever let him sign that contract. So. Right.
0: Well,
2: the same way before you move to the next character, Charles Barkley himself, I think it shined in this movie. Yes. To mm-hmm. the point that. I was the same way as Ashby. Like I knew certain characters. I feel like I watched UNC because my grandpa really liked UNC and I liked basketball, but I've never been a person that really sits down and watches all the games of anything. Um, I have tons of friends that do. And, but, and I usually know at least a lot of the characters and different stuff like that. All right, characters, but players with this coming out, Charles Barkley became more real to me where you saw him more than just a name. Um, he honestly was kind of the big one out of the other the rest of the group at least talked about in this movie especially mm-hmm. but even player wise but he's he's the one that's killing people which one is he and then there's the whole scene replays the girl like girl like or plays that team and the girl yeah dunks on oh, him he's like five, th- this is not th-
1: charles th- barkley this is just a wannabe who looks like him mm-hmm. Get out be out gone here, man. wannabe be gone
2: i remember to that point though too going to the nike outlet with my mom uh, at the Carolina Powder, the outlets or whatever, Charles Barkley shoes were in there, and I wanted them. I was like, I need these. Because I was playing middle school basketball thing at that point where I was a little bit older, and I was like, you know, he had stuck out to me from that. and I was like, I need these. And my brain was like, I can't afford like Jordans, but right. maybe I can get Barkley's. like, they still were like $100 or so. My yes. mom was like, no, you're not getting these. Right. Um, and the
1: same way, we used to have this little store in Kenley. I think it was called Super 10. Super 10. It's where the... Um it used to be the gym, and now it's just you know a building beside. They, they do now. stuff on Saturdays. Yeah. Like, a,
2: mm-hmm. but I remember going in there with my grandpa, and they would have like a rack of basketball jerseys. And I've come to realize as I got older, these, I had a,
1: I got I bought a Grant Hill jersey from there.
2: I had a Charles Barkley jersey from there. I came to realize a lot of these jerseys were they've moved to another team now, so mm-hmm. we're going to sell all these real cheap mm-hmm. at this other mm-hmm. store.
1: I had a, a Grant Hill Pistons jersey mm-hmm. from there, and this right. is well after he was with the Pistons. I had
2: a Suns jersey. For, I think it was Charles Barkley. Yeah, and then the he son's. moved to the Sixers. Yeah, and so and I had that and I wore it proudly. I, and that, me not watching games, I had no clue he didn't play for them anymore. I was like, it's Charles Barkley. Like I got this, you know. And so he's still the funny thing there. is
1: I would love those retro jerseys. Oh now. sure, yeah. they
2: they charge you more now. Than what <laughs> I you know. Would be. Right.
1: Um. One more thing with Charles Barkley, his uh, conversation with the psychiatrist. There's this girl, mm-hmm. five foot nothing, blocked my shot. Mm-hmm. And where were you when you had this dream? It wasn't a dream. Mm-hmm. It really happened. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Look, talk about acting skills. Charles mm-hmm. Barkley killed it in this movie, mm-hmm. honestly. Yes. Like, he with he the subtlety. had
1: the most personality of all the players. So. He and He felt so bad for him.
2: Leaned up against that fence, watched him mm-hmm. play. Yes. Hey,
1: can I play? Can I play? I know, it's mm-hmm. so good. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Charles Barkley's the reason I call, when I'm referring to anything as terrible. it's That's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> um Patrick Ewing uh who's probably the, the third you know the next sure. biggest name on this list because uh, him and Barkley and Jordan were all on the dream team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which uh was in 1992 uh Ewing uh had a pretty decent good career with the New York Knicks he was the number one overall pick for New York in 1985 uh Big man um was just one of the faces of that 90s era um he um ended up coaching um was uh, an assistant coach in the NBA. Um, uh, with Charlotte, Bo- uh, with the Charlotte Bobcats in 2013, actually, mm-hmm. um, and then for Orlando, uh, he was an assistant coach, and then he uh, became the head coach at his alma mater, the Georgetown Hoyas, where he is today. He led them to the 2021 NCAA basketball tournament. Okay, so that's yeah. Patrick Ewing. Um, and then we get to some of the lesser knowns. Um,
0: How you gonna do, Larry Johnson, like that? Well,
1: in the <laughs> hi- grandma ma, sir, in Grand the ma. hierarchy. Uh, you have the big three. Larry Johnson, uh, Charlotte Hornet, um, Grandmama, uh, UN, uh, national champion with uh, UNLV in, the, um, in 1990 and 1991. Um, there's not really a lot about what he's doing now. I know he. Um, it says that he filed for bankruptcy in 2015 uh, because he owed more than $120,000 in unpaid child support. Um, Grandmama. I know. Oof. <laughs> But I don't really, I don't really know what he's up to now. So, um, if anyone knows,
0: apparently not paying child support.
1: Apparently, Um, so yeah. Uh, Mugsy Bogues, um, who five foot three, I'm a whole seven to nine inches taller than this guy, but he can dunk a basketball and I can't. Um, He was short, and I think that's why kids loved him because he was about their size. Slow. Mm -hmm. Um, just a heck of a ball player. He played for Wake Forest in college. Uh, was just a fun guy to watch in the for the Hornets. He was that so on NBA Jam, We go back to that game. If that's how honestly I learned about a lot of these characters. The Him players. and Larry Johnson were a great duo to use in that mm-hmm. game because Johnson could dunk and Muggsy was just scrappy and had good ball handling skills. And um, it but, also goes back to
2: a child in the nineties where we were from North Carolina. So I look back on pictures and my cousin Lewis and I are dressed up in. Hornet stuff all the time. Oh, and, yeah. And it's not that we went to the store and said, Hey, mom, I want Hornet stuff. Right. It's like, no, like, well, it was everywhere. it's everywhere. And that's what you buy for your child.
1: And
0: yeah.
1: I'm glad for it. Like, I was thankful.
0: It's like but, the Panthers. Yeah, yeah same. Know, it's just part of the culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, he, um, he was named the head coach of the Charlotte Sting for the WNBA um, before that team folded in 2007. Um, and uh, he was announced as an inductee to the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame in 2020. So yes. good for Mugsy Bogues. And then uh, Sean Bradley, who was probably the most unknown of all these guys, mm-hmm. big, tall, white guy, um, he um, is actually uh, German-American. He uh, has both citizenship and, uh, in Germany and in the United States. He was born in West Germany as his family was stationed at the U.S. military base there, and he grew up in Utah. Uh, he was nicknamed the Stormin' Mormon. Um, <laughs> yes, just go with that. Thanks, <laughs> I hate it. Mm. Um, <laughs> So, yes. <laughs> um, he actually, uh, I was telling Kyle, he was actually in the news recently, and I looked it up. Um, in January of this year, he was struck from behind by a motorist while riding his bicycle near his house in Utah, which resulted in a traumatic spinal cord injury that left him paralyzed. What? Yeah. So, prayers for Sean Bradley. Oh, man. Um, he, uh, he participated in a lot of charitable endeavors. Uh, in the 2000 season, he donated $25 for each block shot to Brian's House, which is a managed facility for children affected by HIV and AIDS. Uh, national spokesperson for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, and participated in the Basketball Without Borders program with other NBA players like Dikembe Matumbo, Dasanya Diop, and Malik Rose. And he found his experience with children in Africa uplifting. And he also participated in treating leprosy colonies in India through the Rising Star Outreach. Nice. So.
0: So. Speaking of all that, you know who's not in this movie? Also Magic Johnson. Rude.
2: Where was he where the time period in that? This league?
1: was mid nineties. He had just retired from the NBA. He announced his um, battle with HIV um, in nineteen ninety one, and he was actually going to make a comeback with the Lakers, I think, in ninety six. But I don't know how public he was around in the mid nineties. I know he was on the mm-hmm. well, he was on the dream team in ninety two, I believe, yeah. and that was his last. Big appearance until yeah, I think he tried to rejoin the Lakers in 96.
2: There's some good, like, documentaries on him, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you want to know good terms to use at family functions. So, is
1: that one of your questions about the movie, that, uh, about this movie that's been left unanswered? Where was Michael? Where was Magic Johnson? Where was Scottie Pippen? Look, where was Sean no, Kemp?
0: That's not, that doesn't even touch the surface. Are you ready for this? Where was Hakeem um, I got a lot Elijah of unanswered on? questions. <laughs> I have, like, one billion. Where was Isaiah, oh, that's right. Unanswered questions. hated
1: Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs>
0: Okay, we've already talked about some of this. There's terrible continuity between the rules of the Toon World and the real one. And no one said anything about Michael Jordan landing a spaceship in the middle of a baseball diamond. And why is Bill Murray even in this movie? And also, am I supposed to believe that three-time NBA National Championship winning Michael Jordan lives in an upscale mid-sized suburban house? I did catch no, that. They're absolutely not. Also, he doesn't even have a car. He needs a ride home from the baseball field. Like, none of this... In, no, to be
2: fair, inside, I think
1: house? they they assigned someone to drive him. I pray, he probably does have a car, but they were like, no, no, Michael, you don't need to drive. We'll get someone to do the that. The fact for him. that
0: he lives in that house in the movie is more unbelievable than the fact that like the tunes are real.
2: I thought about it while watching it because the outside caught me. Right, and I was like, eh, that makes sense. Inside the house looks awesome though. It like, looks really and nice. And then all of a sudden they're in the kitchen. It's, it's like, upscale. That's a lot nicer than what the outside right. looks like. It but would if be. you
0: look at Michael Jordan's real house,
2: well, I got to think you know, too. Is he renting this place? Because I mean maybe. This is where he's playing well, right. guess, baseball. Mind. Yeah, it's minor league baseball. So maybe he's renting this area, you know, that I spot. Don't know. I just
0: it was ridiculous to me. I was like, okay.
2: No, I didn't think okay. that. as a child you didn't. Like you're like, that's a big house. Like well, that's you don't true. make much sense. Right. So you, you also were more focused on the dog than you were the house. Very like, true. up, so, hmm
0: Anyway, those are my thoughts.
2: <laughs> um I didn't have any left unanswered. I did have another question though, so I'll let Eric. If you've got any answer,
1: okay. uh, I don't. Okay, so, go ahead.
2: <laughs> with the new movie coming out this weekend, what I just had like the thought of like, what are your expectations? Are you hoping it compares to this? And this can kind of go for all of us. Um, what do you think it's going to do as far as Looney Tunes as any of this right now? Like, what are your thoughts with this finally happening after years of
1: talking about it? For me. Mm-hmm. I just hope it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting like, you know, it's kind of like when the the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies came out with sure. Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to it to go uh, or surpass the originals that we grew up with mm-hmm. in the '90s. I'm, so the same thing here. I'm not expecting that. I'm just hoping for a fun movie. Um, I, I want to see cameos from other NBA stars or WNBA stars, mm-hmm. um, and I want a really good soundtrack. That's all I'm looking for. I
2: did see like I was on. YouTube today because it's hard unless you own it at least with Apple Music you can't find it and YouTube it's hard to find the Space Jam soundtrack just because of it's on Amazon Music okay well all the copyrights and stuff actually no it's
1: not on Amazon Music I bought it on Amazon Music
2: well I typed it in this morning like when I was kind of getting ready to come over and I found multiple spots that already is showing you the soundtrack for the second one I was like I'm not going to click the first off I don't know if it's legit secondly I don't want to listen to this I want to experience it in the movie theater I want it to be that type of thing absolutely yeah one thought that I... Go ahead, Ashby, and I'll talk about this
0: I think that this movie is probably going to be objectively better, but no one is going to want to admit it because the original Space Jam was our childhood. I get that. That's what I think.
2: Something and along that line, I think it's one of those things, you may look at it and it may be too far advanced now, Mm -hmm. And you would, you know, you enjoyed it for what it was being more simpler, like cartoon and, you know, athlete thrown in there versus now there's a lot bigger things that they can do with technology, everything else. So I do think they'll probably be purists with it. Um, It can go both ways, though, because as Eric mentioned, like Ninja Turtles, like I'm a giant Ninja Turtle fan. And I went in even knowing and seeing what the turtles look like and hated it. I was like, hopefully this will at least do something. I still don't think it stood up like it wasn't good. Right. Um, but by the time the second one came out, the Michael Bay Ninja Turtle movie, I went and watched it. And whenever I went in, I remember leaving and saying, I can see how kids would love this and enjoy it. And I got to think in a world where we live, where Avengers and you know Deadpool and everything else is out, that we wish they would make a Ninja Turtle movie like that. They didn't. They right. sold it for kids. And it's right. on Nickelodeon right now. Right. I left the second one at least saying I had fun remembering that as a child, Secret of the Ooze was such an amazing movie. I watched it over and over and over. Right. Versus you go back and look at it now, and it's like, they literally played, you know, they didn't even use their weapons in that movie. Right. So I get it. And so I think there's that part of it. um, With even with this, you know, technology doesn't necessarily make a movie. But I do think, one thing that stood out to me already, is it reminds me of Ready Player One. Mm -hmm. Whenever he's in the video game world, and they don't make a big deal out of it, but there's, all these characters you see right. that you recognize and it's part of the fun of watching that movie right. looking everywhere to see where people show up there's already been like there's tons of stuff on youtube I already haven't watched it but i remember watching this trailer for the first time and you see like jack nicholson's joker mm-hmm. you see all these other characters in the stands like all right. these warner brothers like you know right. properties they've thrown all these characters yeah. in there so, yeah yes and yeah. i love that and i think that's going to be fun to see how any of these characters, if they play any roles, or literally just the funness of looking like where's Waldo and just figuring out who are right. all these
1: people. Honestly, That's, that was part of the fun of play, Red Player One. It I is.
0: Mean, right, the right. Movie, so. And I feel like you also have to just think about it from a generational standpoint. Sure. Like a whole new generation of kids. Mm-hmm. This is going to be their space jam. It is. It's like every generation has a bond, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know? So, I, I'm I'm happy for them. You know? I thought
2: about it yesterday. We were eating dinner, and I was thinking more about this. Of Looney Tunes was still a big thing when we were a kid. Mm-hmm. But to go back, I looked at like Looney Tune history, and like it literally started in the 30s and 40s, with at least individual characters, and then it became like Mary Melodies and Looney Tunes as time progressed. So our parents, grandparents grew up with these type of cartoons. We knew, you know, it was passed down generation almost with that. A lot of the Looney Tunes that we watched was like the Bugs and Tweety, you know, cartoon whatever hour or whatever it was, um, and seeing that, or even Bugs and Daffy. But a lot of that was still just hey, we've got this great intro now here's all these cartoons that we've got this giant catalog off that we can just show and show and show and i think it did that and so for us it just seemed like it was a normal thing the same way we saw the flintstones and the jetsons and all these things seemed like current new shows to us but actually it was just stuff our parents had watched or over and it transformed down but i think that was thinking yesterday do kids today even know about the looney tunes in a sense of watching it regularly other than just knowing they exist.
0: Not like we and our parents would no, have. No, I
1: mean when we were growing up we had a concerted effort like we had Saturday morning cartoons. Sure. We had after school cartoons mm-hmm. on Monday through Friday from 3 to 5. Um kids don't have that. Time. Life's different. They Life have the accessibility, so much, but they, like they have the accessibility but they also have open worlds to so much more. Sure. Um and you know honestly I just I don't think they if, I don't think the Looney Tunes are super popular at this point because, I mean, why would they be? Well, that was my thought. I mean, like, I hate to put it that way. But no, I no, mean, no. Like, even with, like, the Disney component, like Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Minnie and all that, they at least have some relevancy because of Disney World. Mm-hmm. But there's not a Looney Tunes world. You mm-hmm. know, there's, I mean, there is in this movie, but there's not, like, a theme park or anything that mm-hmm. gives them some instant relative, um, you know, like, relevancy. You mm-hmm. know? Um, so, like... I don't know if kids would know what Looney Tunes are now.
2: Well, I looked it up, and in like mid two thousands, Cartoon Network got all the rights, where so Cartoon Network could play them nonstop whenever they wanted. I think later, like two thousand, you know, teens or whatever, mm-hmm. some of the rights got split up a little bit. I know, like I think there's like a newer show on like HBO Max that you can watch. There's another one somewhere else, but there's things that are coming back around, and I know like there's been some more modern. Same way they did come out with like a Mickey Mouse cartoon in the past, however many years that same way animations, a lot different things. It's just updated for kids of today. But I bring all that to the point of like, I think there's a great opportunity here for Looney Tunes. If kids can get into this, because before it may have been that we love these two things combined together. And maybe we didn't really care for, you know, Michael Jordan, maybe you just love Looney Tunes and that's why you went. Um, this time I think LeBron James being in it is going to bring, first off, you're going to have parents who are going to go and take their kids because it's part of their history. But it's going to bring Looney Tunes probably for the first time for a lot of kids that have ever seen this cartoon. And I think with the money and production into it, it's going to give them at least a pop where they're going to be like, I actually like these. You know, what is this? Mm-hmm. And that's going to open up so many doors. I mean, with how many years they've talked about this, you've got to know that Warner Brothers has something lined up right behind it. With probably HBO Max and other places, because since that's where other contracts are tied. But probably with TV, you know, how all these networks have the tiers below them that we just don't you know, put together. They've got to have some show
1: you ready would, to go if you it works out. You would think, out. but yeah. I've seen how Warner Brothers has managed the DC properties too. So That's true. <laughs> so I don't know if I'd give them that much credit, but maybe. I would think Yeesh. with the way
2: Looney Tunes is that they're working on it. Um, at least there's something there. Yeah, maybe even just like spinoff ones that like will test the waters with these. But I Rack. think that there's something there. And I think that's awesome that it it's an opportunity for kids at this point to come to know these Looney Tune characters that we knew as children. And love. And so I think there's just an awesome possibility. I know that like when Disney did the Muppets and came back out with Muppet movies, there was that where you saw all of a sudden the Muppets got network television shows and everything else. And Muppet Babies came back where my niece and nephew watched them now. And it's a new version. Yeah. Like there's definitely options there. Tiny Toons is the same thing where it was the version of Looney Tunes that we grew up with current cartoons. Um,
0: I mean, Scooby-Doo's been around since the 60s, 70s. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. So, he keeps getting new iterations. And so, anyway. I
2: think, you know, just a great possibility there. I'm excited to see what happens. I definitely do want to see it. I'm excited to see what it will be. Um, and I think you're right. Like, for kids going forward, this will be their Space Jam. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, it holds up.
1: Well, you ever heard of the Dream Team? Well, we're the mean team, wussy man. Honestly, honestly. With that said. Especially playing uh, to a player of the Dream Team. (laughs) Let's put our hands in everyone touching the basketball. and Let's glean some information and let's share six fun facts and observations about Space Jam. One fun fact for each NBA player featured prominently in this movie. Not music. In this Mm. movie. Mm. Kyle. Yes. You go first.
2: One question that both of you have mentioned a couple of times is, why was Bill Murray even in this movie? Well, there's a scene where Daffy Duck says, Mr. Murray, something that's been bugging me. How did you even get here? Talking about how he made it to the game at the end. And Bill Murray responds, Oh, I'm a friend of the producer. He just had a teamster drop me off. Well, producer was Ivan Reitman, who also was the director of Ghostbusters and I think Stripes and some other things as well. So he is producer or the producer actually was a friend of Bill Murray. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that's how he got there, but it makes sense. So that's where there's a connection there.
0: Yes. Ashby? I had to look up some stuff because I was like, Oh, right. Fun facts. Um I really like that apparently this this the whole concept for this movie began as a commercial, which I Mm -hmm. didn't know until I looked up fun facts. Um and I love a good pun. So apparently one year before Space Jam hit theaters, Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny faced off in a game of one on one for Hair Jordan Mm -hmm. as a night commercial for Air Jordans, Mm -hmm. which I think is hilarious. Nice.
1: Um so my fun first fun fact Warner Brothers built Jordan his own gym. Uh, when the studio signed Jordan, there was an understanding that their lead actor would also be focused on laying the foundation for a championship run with the Chicago Bulls. They accommodated his day job by sticking to a strict production schedule. Um, they made sure that Jordan started at 9 a.m. and left no later than 6 with a two-hour break from lunch and a workout by building a temporary indoor mini-gym on the lot, which was christened the Jordan Dome. And Jordan, known for his intense work ethic, made sure that free time didn't go to waste. He gathered his co-stars for pickup games and extended the invite to anyone. Actor Keith Gibbs, who was an extra on the film, told Grantland, I walk in and it's Reggie Miller, Charles Barkley, Alonzo Mourning, Charles Oakley, Grant Hill shows up, Jerry Stackhouse shows up, and now all of a sudden it's an NBA all-star pickup game every night. And Jordan was just as generous with his trash talk as he was with invites to the games. Jordan hit a 35-footer on me, said Gibbs. I mean, it was ridiculous. Leg out, tongue out, all that stuff. He hit a 35-footer on me and goes, get the F off the court. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I love. You get a sense in, you know, the last dance. Like, Jordan was just...
1: He was a competitor, man. He was
0: a hardcore was competitor. Ruthless. And, I mean, he could be funny about it. He could sometimes be sort of kind about it. But sometimes he was just like, you know what? I'm better than you. I'm better than you and you and you and you. And it's true, right? So you can't say anything about it. But I'm just that. And he also like just couldn't the scene where he, someone slided in him in a restaurant and he was like, and you know what? I took that personally. Yeah. <laughs> and so then he just like absolutely made it his business to embarrass that dude. Completely
2: made it all up in his head. Yes. Just to have some reason and to compete hard in the game. It made uh, And that made it personal for me. It
1: did. <laughs> right.
0: Just like, come on. And all of a sudden
1: it became personal to me. Mm-hmm.
0: So funny.
2: Kyle, number four. Something that has withstood the test of time the Space Jam website is still yes. the same. with Space Jam website. I was hoping as we one of y'all would bring it up. Um, yeah, I Nothing think it's dies fun. on the internet. <laughs> no, but like so many things have been, you know, it's it's literally a time capsule. Yeah. Where everything is just like they made it when this movie came out in
1: 1996. Right. So
2: I think it's great for to show our kids or like. Not so even our kids, but just kids of a generation that are here Here's now. Here's
1: what the internet used to look like. Literally, right. that pull Back up their phone. Back when I was
0: your age, get on Netscape. Yep. <laughs> on your massive colored uh, Mac computer, mm-hmm. desktop computer, do that little, sh- yep. sh- 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 sh, you know, beep, beep, beep. right, and then
2: find Space Jam. <laughs> like, the
0: internet comes in through the phone line.
2: One hour later, go to spacejam.com. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I would encourage you guys, like, if you haven't looked at that, I mean, I know people have talked about it for a long time. It's not some big surprise. But if you haven't, go look at it now. It will bring back moments of your childhood when you first, especially if you were in that generation like us where you just did get the internet, to look at these things and say, I remember this. I remember when everything was like this. It was a bunch of clicks and points mm-hmm. and, like, little things everywhere. So I would say just definitely check into that uh, if you haven't seen that yet.
1: All right, Ashby, number five.
0: So, I thought it was really interesting, again, sort of talking about why certain people were in this movie. And apparently, um, the director had a lot of other choices for Jordan's publicist before we got to Wayne Knight, right? Okay. Uh, Michael J. Fox, Chevy Chase, and Jason Alexander all passed on the role. And I could see... I could see
1: Chevy Chase and Jason Alexander. right. I can't see I can't Michael really J. Fox. See. I there. think
0: he would have played it more like a straight man, mm-hmm. you know, like a biz, like a suit kind of personal assistant. And I don't think it would have been as funny.
1: I would have seen more, Michael J. Fox more in the Bill Murray ro- role. Yes, sure. yes. Um, especially coming off of Team Wolf at some point. Right, <laughs> right. But I could see Chevy Chase being and Jason Alexander both being the blundering, bumbling. Yes, yes. You know. Yeah, it
2: would have to have be a totally different like character. Right.
1: Yeah. All right, number six, and this is. I guess a fun fact just about Michael Jordan. Um, and you know, this movie explores the fictionalized account of what happened between his retirements between 93 and 95. Um, Jordan's first retirement came in October, 1993. Uh, he was citing a lack of desire to play and the death of his father three months earlier. Um, he shot the world by announcing his retirement. He was coming off his third NBA championship and an Olympic gold medal as part of the 1992 dream team. Now, that's what, you know, real world says happened. He retired because of that. All right. The movie says, well, he retired because he wanted to, you know, he wanted to play baseball and then he ended up saving Looney Tunes. Well, here's where it gets interesting if conspiracy theories are your thing. They are. Ten foil hat yeah. wearers believe that Jordan's first retirement was actually anything but. The conspiracy theory dictates that NBA commissioner David Stern actually had a clandestine agreement with Jordan get his gambling habit under control before incurring any damage to the league or to Jordan himself. So, Stern suspended Jordan for a year, while number 23 got his personal life together, these theories contend. So, consider this. Jordan was becoming one of the most marketable and prominent professional athletes in history, so even though most of Jordan's gambling habits were legal, the image of Jordan having an outstanding gambling debt with a convicted drug dealer, which is true, would be potentially harmful to Jordan and the league. Jordan was also spotted at a blackjack table in Atlantic City the night before an Eastern Conference Finals game before the Knicks. So still, Stern maintained on several occasions that Jordan's retirement was totally legitimate. He didn't suspend him for gambling. And it's hard to believe that even a league as powerful as the NBA would be able to keep something like that a secret all these years later after all. But there are still some people who swear Jordan got suspended for gambling and they just covered it to say he was retired for a year and a half. But he was really suspended for 18 months.
0: Well, I mean I think you know when you watch the last dance or whatever mm-hmm. and you think about a lot of the emotional stuff he was going through with his father's death I think that had and oh, then, a lot and to then do the with media it. wanted to tie his father's death into the gambling right mm-hmm. like it was some big like a conspiracy mob connection. yeah. that like his yeah. father had been killed because of his gambling debts which is truly awful um, to make it somehow his fault right anyway I'm just that's that's the thing about conspiracy theories though, right? It's like it takes a lot. The more You've people to... that are involved mm-hmm. with a conspiracy theory, the less likely it is to be true right. that all of those people would keep their mouth shut.
1: Yes. Uh, I've always been told uh, the best secret um, kept is between two people provided one of them is dead. That's right. So, I mean, if you have this many people who think they're in on it, um, one of them is bound to open their mouth at Eric, some have you
0: point. been watching Pretty Little Liars?
1: <laughs> no. No.
0: Why? That's the theme of the show. Really? Yeah.
1: I did not know that. All
2: I could think about was like, how many people has Eric killed? Like he feels so strongly about that.
0: Exactly. And he's
2: the one that's still here. So how many people are back there in the backyard? Secret, secret, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: secret, secrets Aren't fun.
2: I don't want any secret secrets. Hurt someone. I don't want any secrets (laughs) with you. That means I'll be dead.
0: Can keep a secret if one of them is dead. That's the theme to Pretty Little Liars. Wow, mm-hmm. Did not maybe you would
1: love that show. No, I, I tried watching. You it. You would hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried watching it post Secret Life of the American it's Teenager. Truly terrible. Definitely hated it. Truly <laughs> terrible. We're Who is a anyway.
0: relationship between a teacher and a student? Yeah, it's I would very. Hate that. Yeah, it's very uh, uh, yeah. problematic. It Anywho, maybe there is no intelligent life out there in the universe after all. But that doesn't apply to our listeners, Kyle. Let's hear what our listeners had to say in our social media shout outs.
2: Alrighty. Uh, I did this post this week and whenever I did, I also included a little bit of information about an upcoming episode where we're going to talk about some of our favorite rewatchable movies. So some people's comments kind of tied the two together. Mm -hmm. So I will throw that in there. Uh, Michael Latcher commented, it's just only about space jam and said 10 for 10. If it's on, then I'm watching it too many classic moments moments that still make me smile. So he's saying if he turns on the television, Space Jam's on. He's stopping. Whatever he's doing, he's going to watch the rest of it. That's fair. Uh, Michael Thompson posted uh, a gif of the final shot in Mm -hmm. the game where the Monstars are all tackling Michael Jordan. His arm is like 12, 20 feet long, whatever, and he's dunking the ball. Uh, Michael said, hands down, the greatest game-winning shot of all
1: time. For sure happened.
2: For sure. You can't prove it. Uh, April Holland Phillips commented and said, this is on constant repeat in our car uh, for long trips. And my girls absolutely love it. They just don't make movies like this anymore. So on long trips, this is their go-to to put in the their vehicle to watch as they cool. travel. Honestly, good choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, And I think that was it. Uh, okay. Just wanted to double check. But, we didn't uh,
0: have anything on Instagram. No.
2: You know, and so I think it's a good thing. Uh, like I said, mine's kind of combined. So we do have a lot more comments for rewatchable movies. Uh, but... Yeah, that's what we got from the folks.
0: Nice.
1: Well, thanks, guys. You got a lot of... A a lot of... Well, whatever it is. You got a lot of it. (laughs) Big thank you to Ricky Lyles for his contributions to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did and that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into pop culture as we are. As Kyle alluded to, next week's episode will be Top Rewatchable Movies. And we're very excited about that. Until next time, don't ever call me (laughs) doll. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. We will see you next week. Bye. What the what?
0: Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. We got a real jam going now.
2: Welcome to the Space Jam. Space Jam. All All right.
0: right. Bye. (laughs)